Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. My name is Mark Striegel. How are you today? Yeah, so a couple announcements. Um, The people on Patreon probably already know this if they listen to the weekly Mark Striegel podcast, which is available exclusively to the people on Patreon. So we are approaching episode 900 here on Talking Metal, and I got to tell you, it's going to be a great few episodes leading up to that. I'm really going to give them my all, but after episode 900, I'm going to take a little break, and it might be a two-month break. It could be a two-year break. I'm thinking it'll probably be closer to two months because I don't think I'll be able to to uh, stay away from Talking Metal for that long. Now, having said that, I'm kind of just throwing these next, you know, six episodes or or so up when I when I can. So it could be, you know, another month or two before we reach 900. So you still got me around until then. But then I definitely have to take a little breather, just kind of take a step back from everything. Now, that deals that is just the podcast. That is just the Talking Metal podcast. The live stream will continue every other Tuesday with John Astronomy on his Facebook page. We're also going to try to see if we can get that streaming on the YouTube page. My social media accounts at Talking Metal on Twitter and Instagram will continue. I may do the Mark Striegel podcast. Uh, podcast actually yeah the plan is to continue the Mark Striegel podcast on Patreon every week with Victor Ruiz I may the talking with Mark Striegel podcast I may pick that up and get that going I don't know you know but uh, I will tell you the Talking Metal YouTube page will be active with stuff so stay tuned to that and again my plan is to hopefully return after two months but I just need to kind of take a step back from this 
because it isn't the fun thing that it has been for me through the years. And part of that has to do with just where we are in history right now. I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, a big fringe benefit of this was going to the Billy Idol concert last summer and getting picked up by... This is this is why I can't do it. The freaking doorbell. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm back. The electrician bringing the front doorbell, people screaming, Emily working from home, I'm working from home, kids homeschooling and going crazy. And that is also one of the reasons I, I just got to I got to stop this <laughs> for now. Um yeah, I'll blame COVID. I'll blame COVID. But the I, I think I was saying something about the one of the fringe benefits of talking metal was, you know, it keeps my name out there. I get to talk with cool people. And then I get to do the in-person interviews. I get full access backstage at M3. Get flown up to heavy Montreal on their dime. You know, treated like royalty up there interviewing, you know, Ghost and Testament and all these great bands. You know, so it's like... All that stuff is gone right now. All that stuff's gone. So I'm not backstage with Black Sabbath at PNC Art Center in New Jersey, thanks to you know my connections with with uh, Blasco and Adam Wakeman and stuff like that. So it, it, it's um, something I just need to take a step back at. And every time you know with these podcasts, I like to get in the groove, in the in the kind of vibe. And I've been attempting that in the evenings with the live streams. Sometimes Emily's off work at that time. It, I can do it a little bit better. But, I, you know, I like spending time with my family, too, even though we have more than enough time together. But, yeah, so many excuses. And maybe I'm just giving myself excuses. Maybe 15 years is enough. You know, I, I don't know. But I need to take a step back from this and decide that. And I will do that after episode 900. Okay, guys? So there you go. The TalkingRock.net website is no more. It's still up there, the ghost of it, you know. But I, the thing that happened with that is Victor did a great job. He did a lot of the updates. Uh, you know, I brought, tried to bring in other writers and paid some people a little money here and there. I was paying Victor to help me update it. Some great content. Tony Kuzminski, among many other people, gave me some great content for the site. But the thing that I felt like it didn't represent was what I'm about. I'm a guy who loves hard rock and and heavy metal, but I love other stuff too. And that's why I called it talkingrock.net. I'm not into, you know, European power metal for the most part. I'm just not. Halloween? No, thank you and everything that it spawned not really my thing I'm like into Maiden Sabbath Dio Ozzy you know the classic rock the Who the Stones the Beatles I love alternative Queens of the Stone Age love Caius love Radiohead Jeff Buckley Afghan Wigs you know that's that's my whole vibe you know love new metal too like Corn, Slipknot's cool you know it's like So I kind of wanted it to be this thing that represented who I was, but the problem was I wasn't updating it enough. So I didn't really feel like it ever captured the true flavor of my musical taste. And it says Mark Striegel's TalkingRock.net, and I just felt like it really wasn't. And that's nobody's fault but my own, you know. 
not giving people direction on what bands to report on, not putting up enough content myself. So that, I'm not going to take it down. I'm going to leave it up through the end of the year. But I, I think at this point in time, without corporate money behind it, there's no chance I can compete with Loudwire and stuff like that. There just isn't. So I think I'm going to let that go. It's definitely, and I hate doing the technical up dates on WordPress and stuff. So we'll just let that go. I think social media is where people are at today. And again, I will continue to do the live stream until further notice with John Astronomy, which is always a little hectic. You know, John, he's all over the place, but he's fun. And I, he's somebody I've known most of my life and I feel comfortable with him. So that's where we're at. So today we have PJ Farley. He is from Trickster, of course, Ra also and he's on the show with us today. It was recorded on the live stream with John and I. But before we do that, I want to play a little Savy. I think that's how you pronounce it, right? This is Follow Me by the band Savy from 2019.
Follow Me by Savy from 2019. Now, the band's name is Savy, but the singer's name is Savy too, right? So she emailed me. Uh, let me pull up the email here. And I guess her real name is... What's her real name? Some name. I Saventlana Blesniskova. <laughs> no clue uh, how to pronounce it. But anyways, Savy from Savy is about to release her solo record and she sent me a press release and it says the lead vocalist of Savy has announced a date for the release of her upcoming debut solo album during the past three years the vocalist had not mentioned that she was considering this step and was working on material for a solo album but due to her engagements with the band there was never enough time for its realization I feel like this press release may have been transferred from a different language but so anyways, she's got it coming out, and um, you're going to hear her do some different styles of music, it says, and the album is called Tomorrow, and it will once again feature some collaboration that she's doing with guitarist Alexandra Zerner, also a former guest of Talking Metal. So there you go. Exciting stuff, and we are looking forward to hearing it for sure. So thank you for that info from Savy. Right now, let's get into the little jam here, the little interview with, it's actually a long interview, with PJ Farley, a guy who has so much history. Wow, so much, man. And we talked to him about it. We kind of jump back and forth between his history and, and the new album. He's going to tell us all about that. First, let's hear a track by a band that he spent a lot of time with through the years, Ra. This is Awake by Ra, and then I'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more before the interview.
Jay Farley on bass. Stay tuned for our interview with him. And he's got a new solo record out. He's going to tell us all about that. So stay tuned for that. As I mentioned before, please follow me on social media. It is at Talking Metal on Twitter and Instagram. So check me out there. I also have a, a Instagram that I you know just post family pictures and stuff, which if you find that, you're welcome to follow me on that. Uh, You might not find it that exciting. It's just like weird pictures I take of nature, my kids, sometimes my wife on there. So you can also find that. I don't even, I forgot what it's called, like Captain T1 or something. My band, Captain T, was a big part of my life in the 90s, recorded numerous albums with Captain T, the Captain T Band, Hollywood Superstars, a band called Ronin into the 2000s. Those were all my bands, music and making music, writing songs, singing, playing guitar was a very big passion of mine. And now on CaptainT.com, CaptainT.com, for the first time ever, we've released my... 2000, no, 2000, 1997 record, U.S. Aliens, which was the best-selling record of all my records, produced by Derek Sivers, who went on to found CD Baby, very talented guy himself. He he produced that, and we played a lot of the music on it together. I had a guy named Chris Heaton on drums, I think on three of the tracks, my buddy Terry Kayamori, Ranger X, playing guitar on some of the tracks. Derek played some guitar. I played a lot of guitar. John Astronomy, a.k.a. John Ostrowski, and myself wrote some of the songs. He doesn't actually play on the record. Matt Pichel playing some bass on the record. But anyways, this is a song that John Astronomy, my brother Mike Striegel, a.k.a. The Mad Doctor, and myself, Captain T, a.k.a. Mark Striegel, wrote. It's called Disturbing Abduction. Again, it was from the 1997 album U.S. Aliens, which is now available for free downloads on CaptainT.com. Okay, so here we go. Disturbing Abduction by me, Captain T.
Disturbing Abduction by Captain T, now available for free at CaptainT.com. Go download that track there, as well as the rest of the record. And right now, let's get into my interview with PJ Farley, uh, my John Astronomy, and myself. We interview and talk with PJ. So we're going to hear a new song off of his solo record that just came out. It's called Walking Backwards. I really like this one myself. It always amazes me. It takes such strides. And being your worst enemy is no surprise. You throw away what's real for the thought of what's concealed. And the truth is right behind you. Tonight, of course, he's from Trickster, and he's got a great new record out, and it's it's called Accent the Change, and I've been listening to it all day today, and it's very cool. BJ, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us, PJ. I, I know you were on the show, I think, a number of years ago. My wife actually, I believe, interviewed you and maybe Steve at the very muddy, uh, what was that, the rock and food truck festival or something. Oh, not, Do you remember that? The not so festivist festival here. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a rainy weekend, man. <laughs> but um, 
good good to have you back and yeah as john said the the new album accent the change is out and uh man it sounds good yeah i'm really really digging it 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 has at times um you know i hear i mean we hear influences from your past but i also hear more modern stuff and i wanted to talk to you about the influences that come onto this record because it is uh, it's it's diverse but it's um like at times even like a foo fighters maybe vibe i hear maybe some like 90s alternative you know so you are obviously a very diverse guy musically what yeah. what what are some of your favorite let's start with songwriters who are some of your favorite songwriters um, well, I mean, obviously the Beatles, um, Jellyfish. Wow. Okay. Love Jellyfish. Um, I, huge, huge part of, of my writing DNA, so to speak. Um, and yeah, I mean, that whole nineties kind of vibe, um, really stuck with me for some reason. I mean, it's all good stuff. I mean, but there's great stuff in every era of music, but for some reason, the 90s kind of stuck to me in my songwriting style. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I listened to everything from <clears throat> the hard hard rock metal stuff down to, you know, you know Pete Yorn and Hall and & Oates and, you know, everything in between. It's, there's nothing off the table. And PJ, back in the day when you guys when Trickster was getting going, were you at that time also listening to all this other stuff as well? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I was saying, because I even growing up as a kid with Kiss, Molly Crew, Bon Jovi, um, Rat, and all that stuff I was listening to, I was also listening to the Anthrax, Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, and that whole kind of upcoming hardcore kind of thing. And I've always run, you know, both extremes. Right. So and and then engulfed everything in between too. So this new album sounds great sonically, and you did it down in Nashville. You said you did a lot of it right before the COVID hit. I did. Um. Yeah, I did about eighty-five percent of it. Actually, I did one song in Nashville. I did a lot of it in L.A., some okay. of it in Michigan, um, a couple of songs here in Jersey, and yeah, I did a song down in Nashville. Um. And it's been over two years I've been working on it, and it's been like, okay, do two songs, wait four months, go do two songs, wait three months, go do a song or two and wait. So it was never like, all right, I'm blocking out a studio and going to, you know, cut the basic tracks now and banging out a record. You know, it just, um, I didn't really think I was, or I didn't know I was doing a record to begin with. I just writing, I started writing again, and I like to write, and once I finish a song and I have all the parts in my head and everything, I gotta get it out of my head before right. I can really kind of commit to finishing anything else. Like I gotta get it out and done, and listen to it and go, "All right, I, I think I, I did that one right. Let me now. Let me see if I can do it again." <laughs> I, I like doing it that way, as opposed to writing a bunch of songs, ten songs, nine songs, and then going into the studio. Right. But I like it. You, you want to. You, you got a vision for a song. You want to finish it before you can move to the next song. Yeah, I got to just kind of clear the hard drive. <laughs> now, you, on your last solo album, I think you played everything. But on this solo album, on, on a couple songs, you did everything. But you had uh, another drummer and guitar player working with you. Yeah, a bunch of different people on this one. Um, luckily, 
I was lucky to get Ken Slutcher from Luke Bryan's band, Luke Bryan's drummer. He played on a track. Um, he's my, my bandmate in Quarantine with a K with Chris Jericho and Joe right. Gans. Um, Chuck Alcazian's a, a producer engineer out in uh, Michigan. I worked with on this record, a couple songs. And uh, Sahaj, singer for Ra. I did four songs with him, and um, he did a bunch of stuff on uh, four songs I did with him. I basically did the, the, the bed guitar track, the bass, the vocals, and I, you know, I said, here's what I hear. You know, you know, you know what to do. You know, and he knew exactly what I needed. So um, it was great for me to kind of not have the pressure of doing everything myself. A couple of songs I did everything myself, drums top to bottom, but um, I really don't want to do that. First record, I did it at a necessity, but this one, I consciously wanted to get some other, you know, hands and feels involved. Nice. And the first I record better than me playing essentially. <laughs> well, you you sound great on the stuff you do all yourself too. So Thanks. you really don't don't sell yourself short. And and there seems to be a lot of like personal emotion on this record. Even a song like "Walking Backwards," which is a great tune, by the way. I mean, it, you, you are you really opening up a little bit more emotionally, maybe than you were on the on the first record, or or not. The first record was pretty, pretty personal. Was it? Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there was a little bit more going on story-wise, personally, on this record. So right. um, everything on the first record's all personal. Maybe it's just not as deep. Okay. Uh, but yeah, on this record, you know, I cut myself open when I write, you know, and if I'm writing... You know, a lot of times if I just have to write music for any particular band I'm in or if I come up with a lyric idea, you know, not necessarily like a trickster. I'm not writing the lion's share of the music. You know, Steve's already the guy who will bring me, you know, pretty well thought out ideas. And I'll just kind of, you know, um, shape them up if need be at all. Or, you know, I'll throw him a riff or something, you know. So I'm kind of auxiliary to a certain extent. Um but when I'm writing songs where I just get the guitar and I get a melody and all of a sudden, you know, I got something to say, it's, it's, you know, very personal. Right on. Right on. And again, the record accent, the change, what, what actually does the title mean? What, what is, what is that? Uh, I mean, that sounds like a, a musical thing it is. or, or is uh, it? Yeah. Cause I mean, it could have a double meaning kind of, right? Yeah. I mean, it does kind of, I mean, I thought it was just, I love the phrase because, you know, um, Use it like you know, drummers are always told, you know, all right, let's take us to the bridge and you know, let's you know, do some accent to change there so it's you know, we know something big's coming, you know. So it's a musical term, really, that you, you use to really kind of punctuate something new, a new part. Uh, but I thought it applied to the fact that the songs and the subjects on this record were very different from the first record because so much has happened in between the time that I wrote first record and this record that, you know, um, you know, a lot of big things have happened. So anyway. To you personally. To yeah. You personally. Right. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And I mean, I got a list here of this stuff you've done and the stuff you have going on and it's uh, mind blowing how, how much stuff you're, you're involved with, but you just real quick, you mentioned what you're working on with, uh, with Chris Jericho, which we've heard some tracks and very cool stuff. Can you give us, uh, 
the update on that, maybe explain it a little bit to somebody who might not know about the, the KISS project that you're working on with Chris? Yeah, I'll try to do it in 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> so Ken just kind of sent Chris the intro to No, 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 just kind of kidding around. Him and Joe were thinking about recording and just throwing up on YouTube. So I sent him the intro, the drum thing, and he said, name the song. And Chris was like, no, no, no. You guys need a singer? And Ken was like, well, actually, yeah, and a bass player. So Chris immediately called me up because um, they had chosen No, No, No and Heart of Chrome. And then Chris was like, you know, he knows I'm a huge Kiss fan. Plus, I toured with him on the Revenge Tour. He's like, no brainer. Um, so, and Chris is a, you know, go big or go home kind of guy. So instead of just doing throw this up on, you know, YouTube and Facebook, you know, it's like we're doing, you know, doing the video. We're going to have someone professionally edit it. We're going for a radio campaign. You know, we're going to have Bruce Kuehler come and do it with us. It's like, you know, so it turned into a, a pretty big deal. I mean, I think we got to number 26 or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Now, who, who are the guys on the um, Mr. Speed track? Is that, is that you same guys or is that somebody, is some other people with you? No, that's, uh, that's Charlie Bernante, John Five, Joe McGinnis, and myself. Yeah, okay. That's, I thought that when I, I saw that when it originally came out and I thought it was great. You guys have the masks on and that is so cool. And I love that song and you, you guys do a great version of that too. Thanks. Yeah, it was uh, the, the total opposite of quarantine. It was because quarantine is like a Bruce Kulick era, era, you know, tribute and we're allowed to kind of like update it a little bit, you know. Right. Uh, Mr. Speed was like so close to the original, as close as you can, you know, I thought you can possibly get yeah. It's perfect. It's it's perfect. Cool. You want to go ahead, John? Or yeah, yeah. So so PJ, I I wanted to. I I don't know if I should even bring this up because I cannot believe that this happened. It's not your fault. The 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 distribution company put like the wrong. I don't know if it's called a QR code. And when your album came out on Apple Music and some of the other ones, the track "Wait and Fade" was somebody else's version of "Wait and Fade." Now, a I would have freaked out and b uh how long did it take him to fix that well it's funny so i was on the road i was in and he, here's where i should have known it was going to happen i was in cleveland in That's 2020 right <laughs> fucking record didn't stand a chance coming out right <laughs> so yeah there's an it's called an irsc code if i have those letters right every song has a code attached to it and when you go to release it and upload it to all digital platforms, you got to type in those codes. Well, wait and fade just happened to have two off numbers. And, uh, so, and it opened my record. Some. Yeah. So, so random, so people are going to go, they're waiting to listen to your album. They get the first song and it's not your album. It's somebody else. Here's the funny thing. The funny thing and a little bit sad and partially annoying so I get up that morning, you know, and I'm getting all these comments, you know, people, you know, you know, congratulating me and, you know, loving the record and everything. So like 10 o'clock in the morning, like I go into Apple Music, I'm like, oh, you know, it's cool. Let me go look at it on iTunes and everything, you know, like a little kid and I go <laughs> play it. And I go, what did I just hit? I go, what the hell is this? I go into Apple Music and my same thing. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I go back and I play it and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I call my label. I'm like, guys, what the fuck is going on with Wait and Fade? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, check the digital. So I started putting out fires and 
finally, one of my friends texts me, he goes, love the record, dude. Is that you singing on the first song? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, about an hour later, I'm kind of talking myself off the ledge going, oh, my God, the first song. The right. first fucking song, the reveal, you know, the whole, yeah. that's the tone. You know, people don't know what to expect for me to begin with, let alone, you know, you, know, you want to come out strong. You want to come out with something that I've been thinking about for two fucking years. You know, yeah. like you set the pace. I'm very um, particular about sequencing, you know. You know, yeah. I always, like with any bands I'm in, I'm always writing, I write set lists, I'm, you know, sequence almost every record it's like i am you know i just have a anal thing about that like i i need to feel it and i get the vibe and i sit with it and i go this works and to have that fucking blown was so i'm like okay it'll be fixed tonight you know not everyone else look it ain't it's not uh you know sergeant peppers people aren't you know it's not gonna you know right we'll get them back uh yeah and then I start thinking, man, nobody said, what the hell is that first song? Right, right. <laughs> Not one person goes, what the hell are you doing? Right. right. I, mean, I, I still to this day haven't heard the whole song. I heard like two seconds of the singing and I'm like, what, what, what the hell? No. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, God bless you, whoever it is, you know, but it's not on my, it shouldn't be on my record. Right. And, uh, <laughs> nobody said to me, great record, man, but that first song is weird. Yeah, you got a lot it's of like plays for that, that guy. Yeah, whoever including that. that first song. I, I like what you did, though. I think you did the right thing, and the, the only thing you could do at that point is you put a Facebook post out where, and you said, if you're not hearing this, that ain't yeah. my song. <laughs> so, yeah. And then so, you just got to kind of laugh and say, ah, God, you know. But I think everybody now, uh, especially, you know, your true fans, they, they all know that there was a glitch, and, and now it's, perfect and it's right and yeah. so pj i wanted to ask you uh, our last guest um a couple weeks ago was uh lejean from seven dust yes and yeah i wanted to ask you because i honestly don't know um two questions that kind of relate to to him what what is your actual history with seven dust because i know there is some history there and are you involved with his upcoming solo record that is that is coming out um well he's working with sahaj from Ra. Okay. Um, Sahaj is writing with him and producing the record. Um, I, I, will, I will be. If right. You, okay. If okay. Place, of course, Lejean, you got my number. Right. Um, my history with Seven Dust, I mean, God, I've known those guys forever. Back when most of them were in a band called, oh, what the hell was the name? Back in Atlanta. And they had opened for Trickster a couple of times. And, um, and then I toured, uh, Raw toured with Seven Dust. You know, you know, well, did, did a million shows with, we never did extensive touring with them. Right. We played with them over the years so many times and we toured with Clint and Dark New Day. And uh, so we've just known those guys for, for a very long time. Right. Cool. So it's just basically tour, playing shows with them and, and touring with them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, some other bands I wanted to throw out there, similar type of uh, question, just the, the history you might have with them. Uh, Seether and Stain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, bands that um, Ra and Seether came out at the exact same time, pretty much. And um, right at the time I joined, um, Ra had, I think, just finished a tour, a, a full-length tour with 
see there, but we were doing, again, blocks of shows. We did do, was it See There in Dark New Day tour? Um, but also countless amount of like three, four day runs and then festivals and then a couple day runs and stuff. So um, Ra and See There came up neck and neck together and, you know, kind of rode the elevator up. And then, you know, they obviously kept going up higher right. and higher. Um, but, uh, and Stained as well. Stained was one of those bands that we were playing with very often in the festivals and um, New England band and Rob broke out of New England. So it's a lot of camaraderie there. Cool. And, uh, yeah. Now we, uh, I, I've seen you guys before um, on various tours and one of the tours was the Kiss Revenge Tour. And I know that uh, Steve is still keeps in touch with all those guys and with Doc McGee. And tell us, tell us a little bit about doing a tour with Kiss. I know you guys were big Kiss fans. How was that? Yeah, I mean, it was the, I mean, although we had great success prior to, to getting that tour, once we got the Kiss tour, we were like, you know, we, in our heads, jumped a level. Because it was like, that was the thing we'd say growing up. We go on tour with Kiss, you know, we're playing with Kiss. You know, every kid's dream. So right. when we got it, and we said, well, we're going on tour with Kiss. You know, and today, actually, I got a thing. Um, today was the first day of the Revenge Tour at uh, Stabler Arena. Yeah, yeah. Mark and I read that game. We were there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it was a Thursday, Thursday, October yeah. 1st. Uh, so walking into the Stabler Arena that day and seeing the Kiss, you know, road cases, we were like, you know, for a minute, I forgot what I was going to do. Just riding the bus, blah, blah, blah. Here we are on tour again. And I'm shit. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty fucking cool. Right. You know, and then every day we just you know never got tired of it. Right on. Did you guys watch the Kiss show too most of the time? Every day. Every yeah. day. That's that's really, really cool. That's that's great. And do you still keep in touch with those guys? You know, the people on that tour? Um yeah, I mean we we're all like, you know, I mean for the most part, um, you know, either social media friends or whatnot or we just happen to see each other you know pj you're in jersey now what part of jersey you don't have to tell the exact city but like are you in north jersey or south jersey or i'm in south jersey now i'm in ocean county now i've okay. I made the move about um three and a half years ago from north jersey born and born and raised bergen county and then i was living up in wayne about almost 15 years wayne and, and riverdale after that Finally just came down and south to the beach. Right on. Because yeah. we're both in Jersey as well. I'm in Hudson County. And Mark, are you in Hudson or the next county over? Essex. Essex, Essex County. County. Yeah, Essex County. So, BJ, uh, thanks for sharing those trickster uh, kiss memories with us. Uh, to kind of go back into, I'm assuming that's sort of same era. Trickster also did some shows with, uh, or maybe a full tour, uh, you can tell me, with Warrant. And I was wondering if you had any memories that you could share from your time on the road with Warren? I don't remember anything from that tour. <laughs> really? <laughs> you guys were partying, right? Yeah, we actually, that was a memorable tour for all bands involved. We had just done a, a whole Talk is Jericho podcast. Me, Steve, Eric Turner, and um, Bill Leverty just talking about that whole tour because that was like, that was probably all of our collective favorite tours. It was just, you know. Um, what year was that? 91 91 okay. 91 so it was just like it's like four or five months it was supposed to be three it kept getting extended because it was just so successful and uh all bands were peaking 
we were just, you know, firing on all cylinders. And it was, we just got along so great day one. And uh, that was like the epitome of rock and roll tour, you know, just really sold out, great fans, no drama, just the way it should be. Nice. Awesome. Nice. So, PJ, I, I uh, want to take it back to the new record, and there was a song that I really liked. The like one of my favorite songs off of the new record is "Chokehold," and it's got some really cool riffs in it. And just can you specifically tell me about that track? I, that's just one specific track I wanted to ask you about. Um, yeah, that's actually a song that I wrote to have. Uh, so we've been kicking around ever since we. I'm sure we're going to touch on this in a minute. But, you know, Steve and I would play with Eric Martin for Mr. Big. Right. And we've been playing together for a couple of years now. And uh, we're like, come on, let's do a record. That's right. Let's, you know, let's do something with this, you know. And um, so that was a song that I wrote. Essentially, I wrote the music for it. And it just had this swagger. I'm like, oh, this is fucking Eric Martin all over it, you know. And, uh, and then I... I was gonna. I sent. I was gonna send it to him and say, you know, write to it. Just you know, finish it. Do what you do. And then before I knew it, I came up with the chorus. I was like, oh shit! I don't want to do. I don't want to do it anymore because now I'm gonna get married to that chorus and I want him to do it. I'm like, right. fuck that chorus is awesome, and it just came to me so quick. I'm like, that's all I'm gonna do. I'm dropping it. And then the longer it it sat, the more I just kept going back to it and like going. I'm like shit. It's writing itself. I can't stop. You know. So um, you know, it just I just kind of took it and ran with it, and then you changed it a little bit. And, um, but yeah, I had him in mind originally for that. originally for that. Uh, Very good. And we're talking about it, it would have sounded so much better had he been singing that because you know even the melody that came so organically to me just got his you know vibe to it. But, um, right. Well, I, Mark, I know you have a question. Uh, go ahead, Mark, and then I want to follow up with another question about something on the album. So, Mark, yeah, Mark, no, I just wanted to me. remind people we're talking with PJ Farley, and the new album is Accent the Change. It's up on Apple Music, Spotify, and I assume you can buy hard copies like on Amazon or something, PJ? Amazon or the label highvolmusic.com. Uh, but, yeah, anywhere you go get music these days. And I do yeah. want to, as you mentioned, get into a, a little bit of uh, the Eric Martin stuff that you're doing. But first, before we do that, John, let's let's stay on the new yeah, album. I just want to stay on this because you, you were playing on your Facebook page a mandolin, which I think is great. I've got one hanging here, but I I only know Stonehenge and one song, and that's it from <laughs> Final Fantasy. So, but you, you were playing, I think it was either You Would Know or The Good Life, the beginning of it. What was that that you were playing? It was uh, for You Would Know. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Right. Yeah, I was in Nashville recording that, and you know, it was just mandolin hanging up in the in the back, and I had the I had that riff, um, but I didn't want it to just be like a guitar riff, like a you know kind of medley. I'm like, I need to do something to take it out of that you know guitar riff. I don't want that sound. And I was like, huh, I don't know how to play this thing. Mm. I'm like, this sounds cool. I'll put it over this, and we'll put something else behind it. So. That's about the extent of my mandolin playing, what you saw right there. Well, well I think, yeah, I think you get that you, riff down. Yeah, that's all you need, one riff. I, like I said, I got a mandolin, and I can only play one song. <laughs> right. it sounds so cool, though. Yeah, totally. 
Okay, Mark, so yeah, yeah I definitely was... also wanted to talk about uh, what you're doing with Eric Martin and Steve Brown, and I think that's very cool. And I know, actually, you did some stuff even without Steve with Eric Martin, but why don't you talk about the whole thing? And I know Mark has some specific questions. Yeah, we, so it started about four years ago. Eric had a tour of Japan book. He needed a band, so he called us. And then the promoters got wind that it was Steve and I, and, and they were like, oh my God, that's great. You know, you can do some Trickster. And Eric has always been like our biggest cheerleader. Always been a huge fan of Trickster and everything that Steve and I, and I have done over the years. My solo stuff, 40 Foot Ringo. And he's like, dude, we need to do some Trickster. We need to do that huge stick out song. We need to do a 40 Foot Ringo song. And we were like, wow. I mean, we were totally cool just going to be his backup band, just, you know, sitting in the background and, you know, it's his show. He's Mr. Budokan. And uh, he was like, no, man, we got to do it. We're going to have fun with it. And then it just came out great. It was so much fun. So we took it to the States and we've been doing that for a couple of years. And then uh, about two years ago, he asked me to, he was doing like acoustic solo shows and he just doesn't like playing solo. He's like, dude, come out with me, you know, and, you know, just kind of add some, you know, just be there with me. <laughs> and so we go out and we do a bunch of shows. Just, it was just two of us. And now we have a percussionist by the name of Ben Hands, who plays with Kip Winger on his acoustic dates. Um, so it's kind of a trio now, which um, is cool. It has a little rhythm to it. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And uh, also wanted to mention that you spent some time with Lita Ford. You played in her band for quite a while, right? A number of years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, any highlights from that part of your career? Uh, any Lita highlights you could share with us? Um, well, well, for one, it was great because it was my first time going to Europe. Because Trickster, Rod, anything I'd done, really? no, no bands have ever gone to Europe. Wow, that's so, surprising. Yeah. yeah, tell me about it. So, I mean, I've been, I've been doing it long enough, I'm like, shit. Right. So the first thing we did was, well, no, we did a couple shows in California, but like I joined, I got the call. Flew down to our house a day later. The day after that, we flew to California, did like two or three shows. Went back to our house for a day and then flew to Europe for like two or three weeks and did all the, like the summer festivals and stuff, which was like I had never experienced the, the you know, the European festivals, as they say. Right. You know, such an experience over there. So cool. Great lineups. I mean, you know, we did Gods of Metal in Milan with Motley, Heaven and Hells, and one of Dio's last shows. Tesla, uh, Queensryche, and God, somebody else it was all in one bill. It was like, wow. um, yeah, so we opened for Germany the, the next night and wow. in Germany. Uh, I mean, it was like really cool. And so that was a highlight for me. Um, you know, just, I mean, she's great. You know, she's a, she's a legend. So it was, you know, very cool to be a part of that. And uh, a great band too. I mean, I had, you know, Bumblefoot was in the band for a while. Then Mitch Perry was in the band, and then Gary Hoey. So I mean, it was like had some, a lot of talent. Great musicians, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. That is cool. Um, so it's, it, I, I got a funny thing, but I'm going to save it for the the end of the interview. But I, I got a question. You have such cool stuff in your room, and I've seen that room on some of your your videos uh, and. I saw you have a couple of cool kiss things, and then you have this one thing that looks like a. I wanted to ask about the kiss stuff, and then uh, is that like an Ampex award, like a behind you? Yep. Yeah, like an Ampex tape award. Like that is very cool. But yeah, you're not gonna see those anymore. 
I know, yeah. It's and for for all of you youngsters out there, we're talking about actual physical tape. Yeah. And Ampex was a, a company that made the tape, and I know that they've I've seen other uh, award plaques like that. So I think that's very cool. It's funny, like I, I keep forgetting about that, and I was doing one of these with Dave Ellison, and he's like, "Is that an Ampex award back there?" Well, I, I swear to God, I didn't see that, but that's so cool. <laughs> that was good. But it's a it's conversation piece for the people. When you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. And now, what is? What, I did not know. <laughs> yeah. What was the framed kiss? There was something I saw that you had framed. Maybe it was from like a, a was it a tour advertisement or was it like a record plaque? Yeah, it was a. It's a. Um, I don't know if you can see it. It's a revenge tour poster. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. That is great. Yeah, and what what a great day. I mean, literally, I lived in. I guess. Manhattan at the time, and, and Mark and I, uh, I don't even know how we got there, Mark. Did you drive, or did we take a bus, or what? how did we get to the state? I, I drove. Yeah, I drove. Okay. Yeah, I was still living at my parents' house in New Jersey, so you right. took the train out from there, and we, we drove across Jersey to PA to, to that show, and that was a, yep. <laughs> was a great night. <laughs> yeah, we had a great, great time, and uh, it was great seeing you guys, and uh, that was the, you know, the first show of the tour, so it was such a special night. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. I think so, I I think here came out that day or close to it. What did? <laughs> exactly. Our second. No, no, I didn't, I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> it's funny. The second uh, Trickster check, record. Yeah, check, uh, Trickster oh, okay. record here came out. I think that same On day. the same day? Yeah, that's cool. Somebody Google that. I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't. I, my ears are bad. I actually didn't hear what you said. It was perfect. <laughs> Well, PJ, I don't want to uh, keep you very much longer. You've been very gracious with your time tonight, but uh, we did want to remind everyone, again, the new album, Accent to Change, it's out now. Definitely pick it up. PJ Farley of Trickster fame and, and so much more. And just before we let you go, A, how are you doing through this strange time in history uh, emotionally? And you, you hanging in there and everything okay with you and, and your, your loved ones? Yeah, I mean, ironically, I mean, I almost feel guilty because I've been, you know, a lot of great things have come of this, you know, whole scenario. I mean, aside from perspective, um, you know, appreciation and all that good stuff that I think we all needed so much, um, just like opportunities and new relationships, like, the project quarantine with right. Chris, you know, although me and Chris have been friends for years, we would have never, I would have never met the rest of the guys, Kent and Joe from the, from the classic 78 then. John right. Yeah. yeah. Those uh, guys are great. You know, we, we interviewed them at the, yep. uh, the kids expo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, that, that project never would have happened. The, the thing with um, Charlie and John five, that would have never happened. And really, I was touring with Fozzie last summer too, last month, and still got stuff coming up. And that's because, you know, their bass player didn't, doesn't want to really do anything um, because of what's going on. So um, that opportunity came to me. I've been doing Fozzie too. And uh, like, um, you know, and then just being able to be at my house for like five months straight. Like I started touring again in August. Um, but up until then it was like, I got home like March 14th or something. And then I was home until about August 6th. 
And like, that's unheard of. You right, know? Right. So it was just like um, time at home, but time, productive time at home where it's like, usually normally it's like, I'm home, I'm spending time, I got, I got kids, you know, my wife's working or something, or even if um, it's a normal day, you know, I got gigs locally or something, or I got the kids, or I'm not really getting as much done as, you know, I would have liked to. But with this, we just locked in the house. I'm like, okay, now we're all home. I mean, I was, I'm able to just, you know, I was able to write more. You know, I was able to finish the record. You know, um, I only had two more songs to do. So I got that in. And, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of good things came of it. I mean, I had a false positive for uh, COVID. Wow. Thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a whole other story. Um, but You tested you know, positive, but you didn't have it. Right. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. Right before I was going on tour with Fozzie. And I made every, I was the one who told Fozzie, let's all get tested before we get on the bus together. Oh, no. Probably the right thing to do. You know, and I'm the one that came back positive. But, did uh, you still did you go on the tour or did they retest I did, you? I did because I tested and then nine days later, they gave me my results. So oh, right, right. The health department calls me and they're like, all right, well, how are you feeling? I'm like, a fine and uh, um, skeptical. How are you? I'm like, uh, I have no symptoms. I'm like, this. I'd like to get tested again. Like, oh, well, we won't do that. Like, well, why not? Like, because you tested positive. I'm like, yeah, but I don't believe it. And um, my wife's negative. My neighbors who I quarantine with, basically, nobody's sick on in my neighborhood. So I want a second opinion. Like, we can't do it. I'm like, so that's wow. it. Got your money kind of thing, right? Right. But so I was out of, I was out of isolation a day later anyway. <laughs> so go figure. It really did right. nothing because... I yeah. was still around people not knowing because um, not like I got tested because I was symptomatic. But so I went on tour, came home. Once I came home, you know, I didn't know that I was um, false positive. I just figured, all right, well, good. Now I have the, the antibodies. Antibodies, right. I was playing yeah, surface. I was right. going into, you know, some areas. Um, so when I came home, I was like, good. Now I don't really have to quarantine because I got the thing, you know. But I still got tested immediately, came back negative. And right after that, I was going back out to tour with Eric for a couple of shows. Came back, got another test, negative. So like, hmm, as I assumed. Then about after a month from testing. Now, when you say negative, the anti, but, but you weren't tested for the antibodies. You were just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. you know, up the, up the brain. Right. And then so after a month's time since I first tested, I got the antibody test and it was negative. Wow, so um, you didn't, that proves that you didn't have it, because if you had it, you would have had the antibodies. Right. Right. Enough time had passed to where if I had it back then, it would have built up. And Yeah. So. Wow, what an ordeal. And nobody around me, I had to be the douche on the block on, uh, hey, guys, you know, you know. Yeah, I might have it, right? We all quarantined together and everything, yeah. and, you know. Right. Well, now you got all got to get it tested, and nobody, <laughs> nobody had it. So. Nobody had it. Wow. All right. So you know, we got what uh, one of our viewers uh, right now on the Zoom uh, just said that he's happy to hear that there were some positive things that came out of this for you and for everybody. Uh, you know, one being able to, uh, you got a lot musically done. You got a chance to spend some time with your family, and and you know, unlike some people, you made the best of this situation and it worked. And and that was good stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, and I, I, the first probably week or two of it, I wrote a song that just <laughs> flushed right through the song called Slow that's on the record. Right. And it's like, you know, it just, I mean, kind of the perspective thing and the appreciation thing, that's what it's all about, you know. And I'm just as guilty as the next person on the go, 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 go. And then, you know, if you just take a step back and you go, what else do I need? But I'm good, you know. Slow down a minute, you know. Right. So, so, PJ, I, I'm going to tell you the funny thing, and, and I hope this makes you laugh. Uh, back in the day, you know, all of us rockers, hard rockers, we want to look cool. And I was totally jealous of your hair. Like, out of anybody in Trickster, you had the coolest hair. <laughs> did, you, did you take it? Yeah, no. no. <laughs> I, I'll take it back. Yeah. <laughs> You're still cool no matter what. But yeah, I, I swear to God, I'd look at those pictures. I'd be like, man, look at that guy. I, I want that hair. John, you're not alone. Everybody loved my hair. Bobby yeah. loved my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good lasts forever, man. I know, but I know. <laughs> you still got a great look, man. I, yeah, I mean, you look cool. Definitely got that. You got a hip look going on, so you don't uh, need I, the hair. I but. was out in Detroit the other night, and I didn't wear a white V-neck. I wore a black crew neck. And Eric, Ben, every person who I walked past in the club went, "Wait, where, where's your shirt?" <laughs> 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 Fucking Fonzie with his leather jacket or something. Yeah, yeah. Where's right. your signature shirt? <laughs> a white V-neck shirt. I'll never do it again. I promise. Yeah. I, I have seen pictures of you in, in a, I believe, a black V-neck too, right? You, yeah. Sometimes yeah. Look, my closet's fifty fifty. Right. Okay. <laughs> black shirts matter, Mark. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> cool. Thank you for joining us, PJ. Again, the new record "Accent to Change" is awesome. We highly recommend it. And uh, yeah, any place you like people to get in touch with you on social media what's the best yeah i would say instagram is probably the best because there's no limit i have a pj farley music page on facebook that is sorely underused on you know because of me but like you know i have I probably have two thousand or something pending requests on my personal right facebook, which was always like my first go-to and yeah, I, I wish they would have the music page you yeah. know so, but, and I mean, Instagram, you could easily follow me there and then cool. that's instant too. So, and I mean, I have a website, pjfarley.net. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm available. All right, cool. Well, thank you, PJ. We thank appreciate your time tonight. Good chat. Yeah, absolutely, PJ. We love the new record. We, we love to hear some, your style, your solo style, which, which is really a whole nother dimension. Uh, from like the the heavy metal type stuff that you, you know some people who are Trickster fans know that you do and and I I love that this record's a personal even more personal than anything you've done before yeah. and we think it's great and we we're gonna encourage everybody to go out and support you and buy this album and my daughter did the album cover oh really I wow. was gonna ask you I love the album cover I yeah. I, I really I, that's one of my questions I forgot to ask you she did the cover so your daughter did that that's amazing she last, she's nine now but she did it last year when she was eight and. I still haven't told her yet because I'm waiting to give her like a CD. So oh, right. she's, like, she's like this artist, like in the truest sense. She's like, you know, artists are like, oh my God, what you did is amazing. And it's a piece of shit. You know, we all hate our, our work. And so she's either going to flip on me or that's why I'm thinking I'll give her a CD. So it's like this real cool thing plus a hundred bucks for, you know, her for sort of payment. <laughs> services. And right. uh, I go, hey, you know, so now and like, look, you're on my guitar picture, on my t-shirts, you're everywhere. You're a published yep. artist now, and she's going, 
Daddy, why would you do that? Oh, yeah, have an eight-year-old do your record. That's real smart. <laughs> right. I think it's great. I mean, I can't even – I'm looking at the cover right now. I, I was going to say I, I love that you picked that cool picture of the, the eye. and the, the, yeah, She the, just – she was all about painting eyes and drawing eyes and sketching and shading. And I just saw this one. I'm like, I'm taking that from my fucking cover. I'm not even telling her. I'm that's like, great. Oh, I just took that one that she happened to do. And a hundred bucks for a nine-year-old. That's pretty, it's good money. <laughs> yeah. It's good money for me. Yeah. I'm getting a bad <laughs> discount. Yeah. There you go. I love cool. it. Well, congratulations to both of you guys. And DJ, I, I hope to see you in person sometime soon. I was down at uh, Mark Weiss's house uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he said you had done a photo session with him. And maybe, yeah. uh, I don't know if you're ever going to, uh, are you, you going to go check out the, um, uh, the museum? Yes. Yeah, so maybe I'll see you with the benefit coming up uh, in October or this month, like in a couple of weeks. So it's October now, yeah. Yeah, when is it? I think it's like the seventeenth or the fourteenth. It's somewhere in that in that time period. So in about two weeks from now. So okay. maybe we'll see each other down there. Cool, right on. That'd be great. Okay, great, PJ. Thank you so much for spending right, the time with us, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, please. We'll see you in person soon. I hope. Oh, I'm out. I'm out and about, man. I got right. my hand sanitizer. I'll give you an elbow, whatever. I'm I'm living. So right. cool. Out there. cool. All yeah, right. Man. I am definitely living too. So I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. All right, guys. Stay safe. All right. See you soon. Thank you, man. That's good. Thanks a lot, PJ. Take care. All right. PJ. Hey, great interview. Yeah, very good. Very good. Um covered a lot. Yeah. And he was, I know we had him for like 20 to 30 minutes and we were at about 50. 50 so, yeah. so we uh, kept yeah. him uh, yeah. about a half hour longer and it was great. And we, we actually even have some people um, tuning into the Zoom. We got Matt Rankin. He asked, uh, we got a question. Uh, it says, John, what martial amps do you have in the corner there? So, um, Matt, uh, those are... Uh,
One in a million by Trickster. That's going to do it for today. For more content, hook up with me on Patreon. And I hope you guys have a great week or two before we are back with our next podcast. Thanks for listening to Talking Metal. Love you guys. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.